Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma. I'm glad you're here. The other guy who's glad you're here is Mr. Daniel Arnellis. What's up, Daniel? Hey, what's up, Jason? I am glad. I'm glad we're here. It's the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. <laughs> so true. So true. How you? How have you been? Man, I've been really, really good. Um, yeah, I've been at home a couple of, like, two weeks now, which feels feels great to be, you know, kind of settled in. Uh, I'd had a really busy kind of uh, end of winter and beginning of spring, so it's good to it's good to just be at home a bit. And how about you? What are you up to? Man, I am I am super stoked. This last week, I actually had uh, remember I don't know if you remember I don't know if you listen to me or not when I talk, but essentially, <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the year, I made my New Year's resolutions, and so I one of them was yeah. to to follow some bands and like really follow them. So like just to pick a band, listen to a full record for like a month at a time and then the other one which i've been doing pretty well on and then the other one was to really develop my worship team more to get them to a place where they can actually lead on their own without me and this last week i was supposed to be gone so i was trying to figure out like who's going to cover for me uh it was our friend's birthday we're going to go down to seattle for the weekend and so i was like all right well we're just going to have to push some folks out of the nest and see what happens and yeah. so I had uh, I, I, I had uh, put together a group. I was like, all right, you guys, I would have liked to have had more practice time, but we need somebody to cover. So let's let's do this. And uh, first of all, it was totally female led, which was awesome. It sounded Very great. Cool. It turns out they're much better singers than I am. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and they sound phenomenal together. And then same thing with like uh, uh our, our, our keyboardist Rebecca has never hasn't in in church hasn't really led on her own like musically because then I had a yeah. guy that was gonna play a guitar and then he ended up cutting his finger and was like I can't play it's like what do you mean oh you gosh. can't play I need you to play <laughs> this is really important I yeah said, it's, no. if it's cut off at the wrist then we can talk but if it's just a cut <laughs> yeah, you can do this I'm like I literally cut off the tip of my finger and played guitar an hour later what's your problem right um, so he was, so he, so he still was kind of like the band leader, but anyway, all that to say is at the last minute, my trip got canceled and I was at first it was like a total downer. Cause I, I, you're, you're happy to be back in town. I desperately need to get out of town. Like the, the winters in Washington, you kind of, they're, they're pretty dark. And so yeah. just getting to that place where you're like, okay, I'd like to get out of town now would be great. Um, so anyway, so I was I was bummed, but then I was like, well, this is great. I'm still going to have this team do it, and I'm just going to get to show up and be totally hands-off and just watch and watch actually be, be led in worship for the first time in years. I'm, oh, wow, that's cool. I'm always the one leading worship, and it was phenomenal. They did an amazing job. It took me about two songs to to let the butterflies go away and just to relax. actually settle in. Yeah, because if, you're, if you've been leading worship for a long time, you're sitting there like, oh, maybe I should turn up that vocal. Maybe I should just pop over there. No, yeah, get closer to the microphone. And it's like, no. Yeah. Just let them do it. And they did it amazing. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So I'm I'm super excited. It's it's awesome when you can... I mean, we train people on worship artistry, but it's cool to actually have the ones that you work with in person and, and see them go and just be like, oh, this is great. We can do this again. That's awesome, man. Yeah, they, they, when they nail it, it's actually, for me, it's more inspiring to actually watch people that you've kind of coached actually do it than even to do it yourself, you know. I remember the first record I produced and then I helped them produce their, their launch of their show and watching them play all the parts we came up with in the studio and all the arrangements we spent hours on and just watching them nail all their parts 
was in the crowd, I was so much more excited than if I'd been the one on stage playing those parts, you know, oh, just like to watch kids. them just come alive. It was, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Enough about us, Jason. Who we got as a guest? <laughs> I love that you never know. Today we have Wisdom Moon, not only the man with the coolest name in all of the worship world, but uh, also he is the marketing director for Integrity Music. Um, but he's been around for a, a long time in the worship world. He actually started the mm-hmm. website allaboutworship.com. Uh, he had a podcast that was kind of one of the first like big worship podcasts. That's how I first heard of him. I was actually a guest yeah. on that. Don't go and find that. I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, on, from my <laughs> end, his end, I'm sure is great. But uh, but definitely definitely my first time on a podcast. And um, but yeah, so we're we're gonna sit down and we're gonna just talk about the worship industry you know we don't i don't like to use the word worship industry I, in the podcast we call it it's the music industry right worship is not yes. an industry worship is no. worship is worship yeah and, but creating the music around it being able to record the you know find the bands get the music out that's the industry and wisdom has been yeah. part of that grassroots level thing and he was working at centric worship for a while and now he's working at integrity and he just kind of has his finger on the pulse of what's going on so we really just kind of talk about the changes that are in the happening in this music industry how that affects worship music in general and even just how worship leaders can respond to it that's awesome i got a, a quick story with about wisdom can i give it to you real quick <laughs> absolutely <laughs> okay. always so I, yeah there's this place called porter's call it's a little kind of, kind of uh, like a shack down here in Franklin where you can book it for, 30, for, I think it's for five bucks. You can just, you put in like five bucks into a jar for some fund in, in like Malawi or something. And then you can use the place for the day. And it's just like a little, a little room that you can go and seek the Lord or write songs or, you know, have a meeting or whatever. So I, I book this place every now and again just to get clear my head basically and go and sit down and not meet with anybody and so i shot out a text um to to wisdom and i said hey i'd love to meet with you sometime and just talk about what i'm doing and what you're doing and uh this is a couple of years ago now and then he responded while i was in in that room i'm not supposed to be talking to anybody i'm supposed to totally be keeping quiet journaling you know writing and normally I, i I sit there for the first hour. I'm like, I gotta find somebody. I want to do something with someone. Oh, and like, I, and then eventually, after about two or three hours of being by myself, I'm like crying, and I'm going, I should have been doing this all along, God. You know, it's like one of those. Moments. Like, so I'm, I'm, because I'm quite a like a, I love people. So, and then to, for me to be an introvert is really hard, but it's actually very good for me. So the phone rings and it's wisdom, and he's like, I'm thought, I, I don't want to miss out on connecting with this guy. So let me talk to him real quick. And he goes, I can only meet today. So I'm like, I'm going to break all my rules and I'm going to get him to come over to the shack and talk to me. So he, he comes over there and it's around about lunchtime. Is it called the shack? No, not the shack, <laughs> as you know. The shack. Anyway, so Wisdom comes along and he, he arrives there and he walks into the room and he goes, hey, man. Hey, Dan, what's up? And I'm like, no, I'm doing good, man. He says, what are you doing here? So I said, I'm just spending time here like, with the Lord. I'm, you know, it's the beginning of the year. I'm just really, really seeking, seeking wisdom. And he went... Well, here I am. <laughs> and I, was like, and I was like, amazing. I've been looking for wisdom. And there he is in the middle of the room. <laughs> it was so funny. It's like I was being I was being so serious about getting wisdom. And he was like, you found me. I am in your room. <laughs> it was so awesome. Gosh, that guy must have just, I wonder how many jokes he actually has or if he just gets to drop that one all the time. It's just ready. It's just ready in the holster for him to drop at any time. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, you're seeking it. wisdom. I'm here. <laughs> I'm calling aloud in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, he shares some of his wisdom with us in the interview. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Well, I'm excited to be sitting here with Wisdom Moon. Sitting here. I'm actually standing at a desk <laughs> across the I'm country. Sitting. You're sitting. You need to stop lying. <laughs> just, that was a terrible start. Maybe we should just start again. <laughs> how, how are you, Wisdom? <laughs> Besides I'm doing lying great. into your face. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, oh man. I'm, I'm excited. I was, just, uh, I was just thinking about how... You know, you were one of the first guys I heard doing a worship podcast and really inspired me to actually go. I heard the We Are Worship podcast and obviously all the way back to All About Worship uh, as well. And just how that definitely sat in there with me going, man, podcasts are cool. We should we could do something with that. Or it was more like if wisdom can do it, I can do it. Anybody. Can do it. <laughs> that is that is not what I thought. I was more <laughs> like, I I hope this works. But hey man, we're we're creeping up on our hundred thousandth download and we've been going for a year now, so we're like, all right. That's it's you know, one thing, you know, I found with podcasting is it's really hard to stay consistent with it, you know. So that's really like that says a lot for you to be able to continue that for over a year. Well, we've we've taken seasons off. That's what I realized was the magic moment of like, okay, summertime, we're just going to step away. People are, have to be tired of hearing my voice by now. And then, you know, moving on. Same thing around Christmas. I to learn to from January. you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So anyway, well, hey, I'm, I'm excited to have you here, man, because you've been in the music industry. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call it the worship industry because yeah. I feel like that's the biggest misnomer. It drives me crazy when people say that because worship yeah. is not an industry. However, yeah. the making of music and recording and marketing and everything else is mm-hmm. all an industry that is legit. So we're just going to call it the industry. Cool. And um, But you've been all over the place. You started out with All About Worship with the podcast, and now you're the senior marketing manager at integrity and you yeah. get to hang out with all cool people. And you also are the host of we are worship. I already talked about that with Daniel. I don't know why I need to say it again. I think the important <laughs> thing is that you tell me what drew you to worship music in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, since I was maybe like 10 years old, um, when I discovered Christian music, I was just so drawn to it. And, you know, I, I was actually born in South Korea and my family moved to the U.S. when I was nine. And I never knew that there was such a thing as Christian music until about 10 years old. My cousin, I think, introduced me to Christian radio, which was Caleb. Um, and, you know, I was in California, so I think Caleb was based out of California. And I would listen to it all the time and I would, you know, record on the cassette tape like the songs that are coming on. Yeah, run uh, to it, press the two buttons at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Hoping the DJ wouldn't talk over the top of the beginning. or the Yes, end. exactly. <laughs> and I would, you know, sometimes pretend to be a DJ and record my own shows. And I just loved Christian music and I loved different genres of Christian music. And I grew up in church. And so I was kind of forced in a way to be involved with worship at church and our choir director taught me how to play guitar and my youth pastor taught me how to play drums um and so i 
learned the basics, you know, when I was um, about junior high. And from then, I got involved with, you know, worship ministry at church and then discovered in high school the modern, you know, quote unquote, worship movement with people like Daryl Evans or Delirious, you know, Sonic Flood, um, a lot of those, you know, people that really paved the way for what we have now. And so that really, I think, drew me to, you know, worship and what God's doing through, you know, music. So what was the what was the first band? What was the first Christian band that you discovered that you were like, these guys are rad? Or if, if I don't know, it was probably 80s, still so like tubular or something like that. <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, in the beginning, some of my favorites were people like Stephen Curtis Chapman and Carmen, DC Talk, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the standard. <laughs> <laughs> so you, what made you want to get into podcasting? Because that's where I first heard you guys. Was uh, yeah. I call you guys, but that's where I first heard you. And uh, you had a little team going there on the All About Worship podcast. What, what made you go, I should start talking to all these people? <laughs> so yeah, about 11, 12 years ago, when you know, iPods were starting to really be popular and podcasting started and I didn't really know what podcasts were and I didn't even care about an iPod. I was like, who needs an iPod? Like, that's really <laughs> stupid. It's a waste of money. And then I think my in-laws bought me an iPod for Christmas. And then and you I learned you could steal music by downloading it from the <laughs> internet. You're like, I can just load this thing up with stolen music. <laughs> yeah. And then I discovered in the iTunes store, I think, um, all these different podcasts that were out there. And at the time I was a youth pastor and worship leader at a church and my wife was involved in uh, youth and worship. And so when I discovered these podcasts, I started looking for different categories, like, you know, for worship leaders, for youth leaders, and started listening to different ones. And I'm kind of a tech geek. So I love just, you know, playing around with new technology and learning about new things out there. So when I started to really get into podcasts, I was like, maybe I should try this just for fun as a hobby, you know, and I bought a mic and an interface and then I pretty much forced my wife to co-host it with me because I didn't <laughs> want to host it myself. Which is great for a marriage. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a super like introverted person, especially back then. I was very introverted and so I don't even know why I decided to do a podcast is like something that drains me rather than, you know, energizes me. Uh, and so I started the podcast and just, you know, called it all about worship podcast. Didn't really have any plans. And I created a simple MySpace page and I just wanted to connect with other worship leaders and start, you know, having conversations with them. And so I started meeting a lot of worship leaders from all over the world through MySpace and, you know, through the podcast. And back then, there were very few Christian podcasts, so we were one of the top 100 Christian podcasts. So it grew pretty fast, you know, because there wasn't an oversaturation of podcasts. So, you know, I think it was partly because I wanted to do it as a hobby and then also utilize it to connect with other worship leaders. So it was really fun, you know, just building those relationships and just, you know, I think podcasting for me was really beneficial just to be able to hear other people's perspectives. I really enjoyed that, you know, and 
how other people are doing, you know, what they do, you know, with worship ministry. So in, in all your time, so you got to meet a lot of artists during that, yeah. during that time period, you've interviewed a lot of people mm-hmm. who is, what was, what was your worst interview followed by, you don't have to say a name, but maybe just tell me how the interview went that went yeah. poorly. Did you, I mean, maybe you didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been doing it for a year and I'm already like, Oh, I still, I have nightmares right now. When an interview is coming up, I start being like, I'm unprepared. I don't have the right questions. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. I would say there was a guy, like, I think his last name was Houtsma, maybe. <laughs> he almost made you spit coffee. out my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm totally playing. Um, there was an artist um, that I interviewed maybe three or four years into starting the podcast, All About Worship Podcast, and he's actually really well-known right now. Um, back then, not as much, but... Um, he uh, apparently decided to sit in his church office and do the podcast interview. And so the whole interview, he would get interrupted like every two minutes. People would walk in and ask him questions. <laughs> and like you could tell he was so distracted. Mm-hmm. And it was just really bad. Like there was <laughs> really no content there. And so I ended up not being able to use the interview, which really sucked for me because <laughs> I, I – <laughs> He looked forward to interviewing him because, you know, I had, you know, he had influenced me as a worship leader. And, yeah, it, it was just really bad and awkward, so I couldn't even use it. <laughs> and then, like, well, let's do the opposite. Like, which one which yeah. ones grabbed you? Man, I would say one of my highlights um, back in the All About Worship days is Carrie Jo because I interviewed her. She was one of my first guests on the podcast, and... She wasn't signed to a label. Nobody really knew who she was. I only discovered her through Paul Balash's, you know, DVDs that he does, you know, for training. And it was like a vocal workshop training training DVD. And um, it really was intriguing to see somebody who was a part of this, you know, mega church, Gateway Church in Dallas, and who was really gifted, but came across so humble. And so... I reached out to her. She had some independent projects that she had done, um, worship records. And so I reached out to her. And the interview, I think, was really helpful for the listeners because, you know, she she was very humble. And she emphasized how she's not the type of person that will send out demos to labels. You know, she's just wanting God to open doors. And she's, you know, never trying to force doors to open. And then after the interview, like she asked me, do you have my CD? And I said, no, uh, not yet. And then so she mailed me a CD and a T-shirt, um, <laughs> like a carriage up T-shirt in the mail. I wish <laughs> and you then, were wearing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I had it still. <laughs> um, and yeah, like to see you know her journey from that interview and then a few years later being, you know, part of different you know labels and now she's like a household name, you know, just mm-hmm. to see that journey of somebody who stayed faithful to their local church and stayed humble and stayed committed to what they were called to do at the time and then allow God to open the doors. I think that was you know, such a highlight for me to see that. OK, so you went from a podcast. Uh, you were a worship pastor as well, correct? Yeah. And then you went and did you were at Centric Worship for a while and now yeah. you're at Integrity. Yeah. How would you say that the 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 music industry 
that's built around worship has changed over that time period? One of the big things that has changed is the fact that so many different labels are now focused on worship and releasing worship projects, whereas back then there were very few that did that. And I know part of it is because there's money in it. You know, that's the very blunt answer. Of... I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> and People so I think... about money? I had no idea. <laughs> so, you know, I think with that, there's the danger of releasing projects that aren't really authentic to who the artist is or what really they're called to do because mm-hmm. uh, I've seen you know bands and artists release worship projects but they're not even worship leaders they don't typically do worship projects uh, but they would you know release a worship project because that's to me the way I saw it at least back in the day is you know they released a worship project because that's you know a sure way to make money from <laughs> and be able to sell a record so I think you know there's some of that um, but I think there's also the positive side of now worship is so much a part of, you know, a Christian's life. You know, you turn on Christian radio and probably more than half of it is worship music these days. And so I think that's a huge, you know, positive um, because now throughout the week, people are worshiping through songs on their own while they're driving their kids around or, you know, it's not only, you know, um, Sunday mornings where they come together at a church where they are thinking about worshiping God or singing worship songs. So I think the movement of, you know, just worship being such a huge part of the industry, you know, I think there's a pro and a con to it. Well, okay. So that's a great question. And I've always wondered this, uh, you know, every time I come to Nashville, I live in, I live in the Pacific Northwest, which is a very not Christian heavy population. Yeah. Um, and, you know, every time I go to Nashville, it's like everybody knows each other. Everyone's mm. like, oh, this guy, like all there's like a ton of musicians that are all there. Everyone's working on records and and it, it is such an industry there. Mm-hmm. How do you stay grounded in in keeping the, the mission and the ministry in front? And is it difficult to is it difficult to do that? How do you keep how do you still keep that pure heart in the worship world? Yeah, I think, you know, for a company like Integrity Music, you know, there's two different levels of it, I think. You know, one is as an organization, how do you keep that, you know, pure and authentic and um, keep your mission um, always, you know, on the forefront? And then the other side is as an individual, how do you do that? So I think a lot of it as an organization comes from, you know, the top, the leadership, being able to always remind the team, you know, this is why we do what we do. And, you know, emphasizing not only the revenue side of the business, but also like the lives are being that are being impacted and figuring out ways to share that information with the team, you know, uh, whether it's like a encouraging note on Facebook of somebody saying this album really touched me or, you know, this song really impacted my life. Um, and putting that on the forefront, you know, all the time. Uh, I think that's a great way to, you know, be stay grounded as an organization. I think for an individual, you have to, you know, be responsible for doing that for yourself too. And I, I know it's hard when you're so like deep into working on a project. And for me, you know, marketing a project and working with the artist and 
different aspects of marketing, whether it's, you know, video content creation and working with a videographer uh, and, you know, placing ads on different websites and things like that. It, it can get so busy that you forget to even step back and go, wow, we're actually doing something that's so significant and so important, you know, and songs that are going to potentially reach, you know, thousands of lives all over the world. And so, like, I think while you're actually working on those things, uh, I found that it's hard for me to really, like, step back and, you know, see the big picture. But a lot of times, whether it's on release day or afterwards, I'll, like, take a breather and, and step back. And especially when there's like comments, you know, on social media about the project and things like that, it really helps to step back and go, wow, like these songs are actually really impacting people. And we're doing this to advance the kingdom of God. And it's not about the artists. It's not about revenue, but it's about the kingdom of God, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know um, about others in the industry. I can't speak for them, but I know for me, um, it's it's not as hard to step back and have that point of view because I grew up in church ministry and my most of my background is you know ministry and being a pastor um, and a worship leader. So for me, it's easier for me to connect the dots and go like even the artists that I get to work with now, I grew up leading their songs at church. So it's so much easier for me to go, man, that's the kind of impact that we're having now on other people. I know for, for our website, just staying connected with, you know, we, we always put out like, Hey, if you have any member mail, if you have any questions and it's great to get those, but we get way more just like people telling us, this is how this has worked for me. And this is, Oh, I've gotten so much better over this year. And I just started this worship team and, and you just sit there and it's like, this is why we do this. Yeah. It's it's so it can be so easy to just get locked down in okay this is what I have to accomplish today, you yeah. know, and just kind of keeping that that place in in front of you. I think that's a great idea, even for worship pastors. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start thinking about, it's easy to get caught up in oh this person did not like this song and they made it very <laughs> well known to me. Yeah. Uh, after the after the, <laughs> after the service, right? Whereas yeah, you know. It's easy to, you know, it's great to just step back and think about, well, what am I really doing this for? Oh, there's that new kid that's playing guitar. And mm. like, how is this impacting his life? And he's getting plugged in. And, yeah. you know, and this girl, she's become this amazing singer and maybe she wasn't before and we've worked on it. And, you know, just yeah. staying connected. I think that's a really, a really great image. You're obviously really busy all the time marketing stuff. Yeah. It feels like there's just a constant onslaught of music coming out. Mm. Yet at the same time, it also feels like it's the same. 10 artists that are, that always kind of rise to those to, mm. the, to the top. So outside the kind of main, main ones, who's got you most excited right now? Man, I would say, um, because I'm spending so much, you know, time and energy into the artists that I'm working with, you know, I'm excited about them, obviously. Um, and, a lot of what I do also is a part of, um, you know, weareworship.com and overseeing that and overseeing our um, song promotion efforts. So I'm, you know, I get excited about songs too. Um, so I'll give you my song answer and then my artist answer. Sure. <laughs> I would say uh, one of the big songs that I'm really excited about and I really feel like 
a lot more churches are going to start using the song is called Praise the King, which really hasn't been widely you know, released. It was on a project by Corey Voss, um, more of an independent project. And so, it's a great you know, song. just to, yeah, and we're seeing the song like really take off just on its own, you know, mm-hmm. without a lot of, you know, big artists getting behind it. So that's really cool to see. Um, and it's such a powerful song, you know, especially around Easter. And then artist wise. you can learn that, by the way, at worshipartistry.com. Oh, just, yeah, there you go. Just saying, it's already <laughs> on there. Hey, that's why we like you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would say, you know, the two artists that I've uh, been working really a lot on recently are Darlene Sheck and Greg Sykes. And Darlene, you know, is, has been a part of worship, the worship movement for a very long time. You know, she wrote Shout to the Lord, and we just released her new project, which was recorded live with her church. And so seeing somebody like a legend, you know, who released a project, uh, that's been really cool. And to be able to work with her and her team on it. And then the opposite spectrum is Greg Sykes, who's a brand new artist. And his sound is very different from Darlene's sound. And I love, you know, just hearing the different sounds of, you know, worship. And so Greg is, you know, brand new, just released his EP. Um, and it has more of a pop sound to it. And, more of a radio sound to it, but there's, you know, two or three songs on it that you can lead at church. So, um, I love both of them, um, because they have the right heart, you know, they love people, they love the church and they're very genuine people, you know, um, on and off stage. So, and, you know, Greg is very, you know, open to just continuing to learn and grow and he's all about relationships. So, yeah, I love those two art, having been able to work with those two artists recently. Awesome. Let's well, check out Greg. I've heard, I'm, obviously, Darlene is, like you said, a legend. Yeah. But I haven't heard Greg's stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe send it my way. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, I'll make sure uh, whoever hasn't sent that to you, you know, gets written up or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's possible. It's possible. All those things actually go through Bethany first. So she's she, so she's she, fired. She's, she's she's got a good heads up on everything. No, I would never fire Bethany. I'd fire myself before I fired Bethany. She is. I should just have her on the podcast one of these days. Just yeah. be like, hey, you know that like lovely person that you speak to every time you call or you hit up customer support, like the one that's always super nice. Yeah, that's not Jason. No. <laughs> Hey, I'm no, I'm nice. I'm nice. I'm just, she, yeah, yeah. She just has that southern charm that I was never gifted yeah. with. So, what are the challenges that are facing new artists right now? Because, as we mentioned, you know, there's kind of those those kind of big heavy hitters that always seem to sit at the top of the charts. Mm. What are the challenges that face somebody who's like, yeah, man, I'm a, I wrote some songs. My church really likes it. Mm. I want other people to hear my song. Yeah, I think. You know, today's world, music is so accessible, you know, through YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and more and more, you know, streaming numbers are growing and there's just unlimited amount of music, which could be a problem and and a good thing. And for a new artist, I think that is an uphill battle because there's so much for people to choose from these days. Mm -hmm. And so for you to promote your music or even your Kickstarter to record your project, 
it really, I think, you know, it easily gets lost. So I think the challenge for a new artist is to have a unique story, you know, that they can tell. So it's not just, hey, I'm recording a project along with a hundred other people who are recording a project, you know, but really if you have a powerful story of, you know, whether it's God's, you know, redemption and it's your testimony or whatever it might be, um, I think that can really set you apart, you know, obviously along with God's anointing on your life to do, you know, what you feel you're called to do. Um, so I think, you know, to overcome that challenge of like, you know, just being everybody being just, you know, oversaturated with music is to, you know, have a story to tell, a compelling story to tell. Um, and I'll give you an example of an artist that we're, you know, getting ready to launch right now that I'm working with named Elisa Turner. Um, she lives here in Franklin, Tennessee, and she has just a moving, you know, powerful testimony of her journey through losing a child and having just a lot of health, you know, challenges and battling through all of that. And like every time I hear her testimony, I start crying. <laughs> like it's that moving, you know. And we recently did a showcase where a lot of people in the industry were in the room and she led a few songs and shared her testimony and like people were crying all over the place. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's, it can't be just about your music or you, you as an artist, but it has to be about like, what's your story, you know? Well, if you're, if you're making everybody cry, I feel like that's like, Oh yeah. If you're CCLI top 100 easy, <laughs> right? It's, it's all based on how many people cry during the song. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Hey, is there anything else that you want to just, uh, you want to let us know about? Yeah. I want to just invite, you know, our listeners um, that are listening to this to if you are looking for a worship conference to go to this year, um, join us at an event called WFX Reach. And some of you may know WFX as a tech, you know, sound lighting and tech conference that happens um, in Dallas. But WFX Reach is more of a regional thing they do. Um, and it's happening in May, May 15th and 16th in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we're partnering with them to basically provide a worship leader track. So if you're a worship leader, um, we're going to provide a lot of content and training there um, with Covenant Worship and Travis Ryan, the Worship Society. We're going to have workshops and um, general sessions led by them. And so I think there's going to be a lot of benefits to that and you can come with your tech team too so if you want to um, check out the information you can go to weareworshipevents.com well yeah go check that out if you're in shoot is it raleigh north carolina or south yeah. carolina north carolina it's the north one i get them confused <laughs> there's one in south carolina i have no idea <laughs> You're, but you're talking. You're talking to a guy who, when actually, when I saw you at the National Worship Leader Conference way back uh -huh. when, it was in Kansas City, and I went to the conference and got home, and then somebody was like, "Oh, is it Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri?" And I was like, <laughs> "I have no idea. I was just in Kansas City. There's they yeah. have an airport, and there's a church, a big church there, and some good nice. barbecue. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I got." <laughs> I think it was Missouri. I think somebody was like, no, you you were in Missouri. I was like, Sweet. No, you were in Kansas, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> See, man, I don't know. 
Yeah. I'm such a I'm such a world traveler. It all just blends <laughs> together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Awesome. Wisdom. Well, thanks so much for for uh, for joining me today. It's good to catch up and, and just hear what's going on. I always I always like to grab voices from different different mm. perspectives within the worship world. Because I always, I, like I said, I'm always surprised at what I find out. And I always just love hearing the hearts of the people that are working on this stuff. I think sometimes people get this picture in their mind of like, that there's a bunch of dudes in suits chewing cigars. <laughs> They're like, the Christians are going to eat this up. <laughs> and it's like, no, man. I mean, maybe that's true. But they're hidden somewhere else. The people that are actually yeah. working on it, man, their hearts are so awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm always happy to give voice to that. So Wisdom, thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, and I also want to thank you for everything you do, and just worship artistry is such a amazing resource for worship teams. And you know, when I was a part-time worship leader in Kansas City, uh, we used worship artistry, and I would send you know our guitar guys links to different songs, and it's such a huge help. You know, oh, you're such a sweetheart, man. That uh, that whole concept of having the story behind the song, uh, you know, and and even the story that's attached to a specific artist. It's definitely, if you think about it, you think through all the artists that you know, they've all got that. They've all got that story, you know, um, like casting crowns. They've got, everybody knows that story that he's like first and foremost, a pastor and then a musician. That's like people who are, oh, I love that guy. And that's, that's the, that's his story. And then you just think about some of the songs that have come out and the stories behind those songs and the reason why people uh, have really had the chance to hear those, those songs. There's a band called Blue Tree, uh, they had a song, I'm trying to remember, <clears throat> it was God of the City. Do you remember that story yes. behind that yeah. song? And Chris Tomlin recorded it and the whole story about it. They went and sang, like, led worship at a some kind of a brothel in, in the UK or something. And, and you know, there's a whole story behind that song. And it's just amazing how much more reach the song has when you hear what where it came from. Anything, anytime you can draw people into story, uh, pastors, this one goes out for you guys too. You know, you can, you can preach about, about, you know, this chapter in, in Exodus for, you know, 45 minutes. But when you tell that little two minute story at the end that drives it home, it's like, wow, that's what we respond to. That's what people respond to. So just killer stuff from wisdom. Well, Hey Daniel, what time is it? You can do this. Okay. This is member mail time. So hit it. I got a ride. Light shines down from heaven. <laughs> Let's who we got today. Okay, well today we have Leanne from Nebraska. Thanks for sending these in, these in guys. Uh, it really helps us when you send us questions rather than us having to make ones up. So feel free to hit us up over at uh, support at worshipartistry.com. That kind of stuff can get to us. Or Facebook is a super easy way to get to us. Um, but anyway, Leanne asks. She says, "I love the podcast on how to sing." especially hearing Jason meow like a cat, though I wouldn't have minded a few more meows. <laughs> Thanks, Leanne. I was very happy to cut those out. I'll just tell you now. Um, the program is awesome. I'm assuming she's talking about singing success, uh, but the size of it feels overwhelming. I'd love to sing for my worship team, but for now, I just be- I just want to become passable. How much time do I really need to practice and understand the concepts? Well, Leanne, I'd say you have to practice at least seven hours a day, seven days a week for seven years. Yeah, that's it. You got to put in a thousand hours a week. That's what they say. I've heard of the ten thousand. Ten thousand hours a week. Are there are, are there a thousand hours in a week? I don't even know. 
I don't think there are. Yeah, there's got to be. <laughs> no, they can't be. Hold on, I can do math. 24 times 4 would get you right around to 100. So, yeah, it's more like 200 hours in a week, approximately. Yeah. 170. And if you, but if you... But if you if you practice with the with the stuff on double speed, does that mean you can do four hundred hours in a week? <laughs> well, you probably could. Actually, it's. <laughs> I actually really like how the program is divvied up, so you can actually just do the guy exercises and just do the girl exercises and kind of get past uh, all the intro stuff. Like it's good to listen to the intro things once, yeah. just to kind of get what you're talking about. But then from then you can just jump to it, which I really which I really like, which I've been doing a lot. So anyway, to answer yeah. your question, Leanne. Uh, I think with practice, whether you're doing singing or whether you're doing learning guitar or bass or anything else, anything you might be learning on worship artistry, uh, you you will get as much as you as you put into it. So yeah, if you look at it and go, "Hey, I'm just gonna try and I'm just gonna try and knock out like 10 to 15 minutes a day. Maybe it's yeah. driving to someplace." Or driving away, you know, maybe you drop your kids mm-hmm. off somewhere and you and you come back. Not that I know that you have kids or not, but you know, maybe you yeah. drop off your kids somewhere and then in the car you just kind of do some of the exercises. And it helps to do it along with the recording, but it also helps to just be thinking about the concepts. I know when I practice, whether it be singing or anything else, it it helps to do it mm-hmm. for a little while, and then step away. And then when you step away, your brain keeps working on it. And so the next time mm-hmm. you go, you go to do it again. It's like, oh wow, I got that. So. I think if you can just find time as you can find it, I think you'll, as long as you can be somewhat consistent with it, you don't want to do it like, hey, I did it this yeah. week one time and then three weeks from now I did another one because you won't get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, there's no point like giving you four hours every Saturday to it. You know, that's not going to work. You, you want to almost, if the, you'd be way better off to do 10 minutes a day every day just because it seems to me like when I tried to learn how to play the banjo a little while ago, <laughs> believe it or not I got the I little the, the little steel finger picks yeah it's not easy <laughs> but I, I I was doing it every day for like six days in a row and I, my growth was amazing and then I did and then I something held me up and I couldn't do it for two weeks and when I picked it up again I was back at square one um, <clears throat> so it's almost like you have to really you really have to just give little bits of time to it as much as you can every single day and especially with the singing stuff it's really easy once you learn the, the exercises and the concepts I've got friends that have done a lot of vocal training and they don't need the videos and the, the stuff anymore. It's all in their heads now. So they just, before a show, they'll just walk out and go into an area that's, where there's no one there and they'll just do all the exercises. They know them all off by heart. Yeah, so much of it is muscle is muscle memory and muscle training. I mean, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. And when when your muscles understand it, as long as you're intentional about doing it when you're trying to sing. So like, don't go off and just try and sing without it. You know, but if you start out and go, okay, every time that I'm just going to be singing along with a song, I'm just going to be trying to breathe properly and trying to make sure that I'm relaxing those muscles and be aware of, oh, I'm in head voice now or I'm in chest voice and oh, that's where my bridge is. And you just kind of are being aware of it. The exercises are super helpful. Consistent with those is great. But if you're just aware of even what you're learning and try and apply that, I mean, I know the next time I lead worship, I'm going to be singing slightly differently than I was you know, a week ago before I did that, that podcast. So, um, that's great. Yeah. So just be aware of it. Just approach. I can't give you a timeline. I don't know what you sound like initially, but I will, I will say that I was really impressed with how quickly it worked, worked for me in that department. But I, I've been trying to sing for like 20 years is what I realized mm-hmm. when I first started. Shelby's like, how long have you been mm-hmm. doing this for? And it was like, oh my gosh, like 20 years. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's amazing. It kind of felt like it was yeah. more like two or three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you add up the actual diligent time that I've given to it, 75 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, like I said, if you have a question, anything that you want to answer on uh, on member mail, we're happy to do it. Hit us up over at facebook.com slash worship artistry, or you can contact us through the website, worshipartistry.com. We have like hundreds of articles over there besides all the song tutorials. And even just commenting on those, we might grab from there. If you, if you give us permission, we're not just going to do it without your permission. But if you have a question, feel free to hit us up on there. We're more than happy to do that. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week, guys. Very great. Awesome. <laughs> Catch very, you guys next time. <laughs> very great. It's very amazing. <laughs> I, I always go very cool and then I